Welcome back, everybody, to another installment in our look at Monarch Legacy of Monsters. And, man, this week was incredible. And, uh, as always, we have Tom here to talk about it with me. So, what's Hello. going on, Tom? How you doing? I am good. I am absolutely hyped after this episode. As you can see, I got a t-shirt. <laughs> so, for our last two episodes, I can actually be repping Monarch. Yeah, um, dude. I am just, like, so absolutely enthralled with this show and how much the creators of it have really managed to tell a complicated story and then stick the landing it's just insane it it is so good and i'm getting so hyped each week and i'm also getting so mad and i'm <laughs> i'm wondering i'm wondering out loud to myself every time i'm like who in the hell is tom's source <laughs> who is revealing right, okay, 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 all okay, of this so, information to tom that so I'll, I'll, I'll come, i will come clear to you okay um i i had seen one of the later trailers that had some shots in um so i didn't want to reference on any of our past shows <laughs> okay. to avoid spoiling it for you sure but there was a shot in one of those trailers that was just sure stood in front of the, uh, the hourglass okay and since i saw that i was like that's gotta be a thing that they use to go to the hollow earth surely okay now actually <laughs> i was wrong because they don't use it to go to the hollow earth um, and I, I, I don't know if you, you have picked that up. So if not, I'll explain um, something later that Dangerville has been sharing a lot online. So shout out to Alistair because he does some fantastic Godzilla content. Um, but he shared some stuff to clarify some of the stuff in this episode as well. Ooh, okay. Yeah, you, you'll, you'll have to share it as we go along because yeah. don't know what you're talking about. And I'm, I'm interested to hear. So, but yeah, man, this was a, a straight fire episode. It was just awesome the whole way through. Uh, you know, I remember once the title sequence dropped, I was like, oh, my God, what an intro. Like, that whole intro yeah. sequence was just so good. And then, like, even to the final moments of this episode, again, just mind-blowing stuff. I'm like, whoa, I can't believe you're doing this. This is awesome. And there's, you know, in every one of these episodes, there's emotion. There's great storytelling. There's great visuals. And Dude, dots being connected. Oh my god! Yeah, you're right. It was just like, yeah, it was just eleven the whole time. I felt like you know, like yeah. from moment one all the way to the end. It's just like uh, completely emotional, and and that's all through the storytelling that they're doing, and and making us love these characters and their arcs and their connections. Like it's just doing it so brilliantly, and I I really love that. I, I, uh, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of great shows, you know, in, 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 over the course of uh, like 2023 and, and obviously uh, before that, too. But this one is standing out as ha like just having such great connections. And, and, and I really yeah. love that for it. I love how it's just building the world so, so well. Uh, it's standing up there, I think, with some of the best shows that I've seen recently. I, I honestly, I think it's been handled so well, like just so many of, especially in this episode, actually, the emotional beats, there's, there's one thing where I'll talk about it later. And I feel like the writing kind of deviates from where we're at with a certain character. But apart mm -hmm. from that, I think the the majority of this is really building on things really well. And it's kind of um sort of, re it's getting to the crux of 
sort of what you want to know about this universe but it's doing it in a way that's very character driven um and i think obviously for some fans of the monsterverse who are more into the titans and everything that's not necessarily what they've been looking for with this show but if you take this show as a piece of drama that is set within the monsterverse then it really does have all of those sort of emotive character beats and those sort of interconnected relationships that have made that that are now starting to show fruition right and you get into the point where you start starting to see the payoff for those relationships and you're starting to get um some really really interesting dynamics emerging as well I will say, just before we go any further as well, I did manage to predict the ending for this episode without seeing that in a trailer, because they definitely did not reveal that in a trailer. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine they did. Um, <laughs> I I did not predict that part of the ending, but the other part right before that, I, I had predicted that would happen right at the end there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was kind of like, just like as as the, the actual ending was playing out, I was like, Wait, what? Who's? Oh my god! Like, it was yeah. just like such a cool reveal. Uh, that was great. Um, uh, let's see. Anything else before we get started? Oh, I wanted to make mention before we get started. I thought this was quite hilarious. The other day, um, I put on uh, Godzilla versus Kong, and my son yeah. has been like obsessed with it over the past, you know, <laughs> two weeks or so. I feel like he he came downstairs and I was watching the movie. Like and it was like after school or something, so I paused it and he's like, "What's that?" So we started watching a little bit of it. Yeah. So he was like into it right away, and then the other day he like watched episode eight with me, and he was like, "This is awesome." He was like getting into it, and then last night he was like, um, "He's like, can you wait for me to? Can you watch that with me the the next episode?" Aww. I was like, "I was like, yeah, yeah, man, I'll watch it with you. I, I, I mean, you'll probably watch it. I'll watch it like the second time with you." Um, and then uh, again, going back to what I was initially bringing up, we were watching Godzilla versus Kong and, um, uh, I, I don't remember the character's name, uh, but Brian Tyree Henry, you know, his podcast, yeah. he was doing his podcast yeah. at the very beginning of the, of that movie. And all you hear is his voice. And, uh, we're sitting there on the couch, the whole family's there and we're watching the beginning of this movie. And my daughter, she's only three and <laughs> And she hears this voice and she I, I poke fun because like she she always says to me because I'll put podcasts on and she's like, I don't like podcasts. I don't like listening to podcasts. So she's cracking <laughs> up about that. But at the same time, she's cracking up about the podcast aspect of it. She also says that is that is that Miles Morales's dad? And I'm like, I'm like, what? And then I, I'm like, I don't. What? No, it's it's this guy from this from the movie. And then my wife, you know, looked it up and Brian Tyree Henry actually plays Miles Morales's dad in, in into the Spider-Verse. And my mind was blown. I was like, how did you know that? Like, how did you get that from this two second clip of like him talking, you know? Doing this podcast, you know, and this he's like, you know, he's like down here, kind of like conspiracy theory talking down here. And I'm like, how did you connect those dots in your mind, your three year old little brain that that is Miles Morales's dad? <laughs> I was like, my mind was blown. So I thought that was really funny. Um, kids there who are clearly used to podcast being just a part of the environment, you know. And hearing like hearing those voices, recognizing voice, like I, I was just blown away. I thought that was really cool. Um, so yeah, we've we've watched uh, Godzilla versus Kong like 
two or three times over the past week or so. Um, and I'm, I'm digging it a lot more. I feel like I was not cold, but I was like a little, a little cool on that movie, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I, I feel like it is a little fractured here and there. There's a little bit of rough storytelling, but I do think, uh, connecting dots with the show this is this show i feel like is kind of acting like the clone wars for like the prequels you know of uh star wars that it's like filling in some gaps and making some of that storytelling even better and i appreciate that so it's been cool to kind of revisit that movie a little bit but we're gonna talk about episode eight eight no nine nine right now what was the title do you have the title of of episode nine the title of episode nine is axis monday okay uh I don't get it, but maybe there's some connection there. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't research it, so who knows? But so it's this Latin for um, it's like the circumference in the middle of the Earth, essentially. There we go. Okay, yeah, and that's the access point, right? So that's what we're talking about. Um, all right, so we start off in the past, and we've got like a kind of like a somber tone. I feel like it starts off with yeah. with Bill and Shaw. Uh, talking to Hiroshi and um, you know, he calls him uncle Lee. And at this point I'm like, cause they didn't give us the tight, uh, the title or like where they are or anything or what time period yeah. it is uh, until later. Um, and I was like, Oh man, like is, is Keiko gone? Like at this point, is she, is she gone? I'm like, Oh, she's probably, you know, this is probably after that scene that we saw at the beginning of the series. Um, and, and uh, Lee has to talk about some important stuff with, uh, with Hiroshi about like you know I'm gonna be doing some top secret explorer stuff, um, and he gives him the pocket knife, and yeah. and I'm like ooh is this for shaving pencils? <laughs> this is. I well, could, I can't get the pencil shavings like, out of my head. Zoom out, zoom out on young Hiroshi, and as it's zooming out, there's just pencil shavings on the floor where he's been using his new pocket knife. <laughs> I yeah I couldn't help but like just laugh about these pencil shavings over and over. I at first I was like, is he gonna pull out a handful of po- like of uh, pencil shavings to him? Uh, but no, it was the pocket knife. It had some uh, some words on the back. I, I didn't I don't know what it said, but uh, I thought it was a very cool looking pocket knife at least. So, um, but we do yeah. find out that it is uh, the Monarch test site in Kansas, nineteen sixty two. So we're at a brand new time period here, uh, new place, new facility. Um, and, and they basically are like, well, it's a shame that, you know, she couldn't see this. And and then I'm like, okay, all right. She's definitely, you know, at this point dead and gone, whatever happened, you know, in that, in that intro sequence or whatever, wherever that took place. Um, military is all over. So I'm like, okay, I guess they're good with the government. I guess that, you know, the deal that they worked out in the last episode, everything's going good. Um, and then I'm like, are you kidding me? Here's the old tech that Tom had talked about. That's gonna get him to the center of the earth, and I'm like, oh, wait, so this I did guy. mention it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you did. Yeah, you had said I think in the yeah. last episode you're like, mm, I think like, uh, you know, he probably used some old tech to get to this, and, and I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, what old tech? Are they, what, what is gonna? What are they gonna do yeah. to get to? Come on, like so. <laughs> and I think you know, prior to this episode, we had, or I had mostly, I feel like a lot of questions about the um the reality of of going to the the hollow earth and you know yes. because we you know we hear it in Godzilla versus Kong that the Lin's brother got uh like torn up or whatever trying to get down there and 
So I'm thinking about the plausibility of how how are they realistically going to get down there and and make this work in a believable way. And yeah. I thought, whoa, they actually they actually did it. Like they they really did. They uh I don't know uh what was it when at what point was it? Um are you thinking about oh, what Pocket says? Or yeah. Oh, so yeah, I was just wondering at what point that was said. So yeah, it was right around here though that that Puckett is basically like, yeah, you know, Doctor Suzuki found a way in, and the only way in is is basically through a Titan, um, and yeah. we're gonna use their, we're gonna like, you know, just drift behind them in their wake, and and that's it, and it's all good. And I was like, oh my god, like brilliant, like they they did, they yeah. they resolved resolving it. Yeah, they resolved it. And I'm like, that is great. Like, they don't need some, you know, high-tech uh, heave, you know, to get them to the to center. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, this works. Like, this is cool. This I, I believe this. There's something else here, and this is something that um... – so Dangerville's whole theory is that this isn't the axis this this isn't the hollow earth and that this is a midway point between the hollow earth and our earth um called mm. Axis Mundi which makes sense because Axis Mundi is the middle point in Latin um and you do see in the actual environment that they're in these kind of like streams in the atmosphere that are constantly in two different colors so there's constantly two different forces present um so i think that does make sense to some extent it's never really explicitly said it's just communicated later in the episode that it's a part of the titan's realm and that's it it's it's no more further than that it could equally be that Monarch is referring to this as Axis Mundi right now because the Hollow Earth is a name that comes later. So it, I I am not convinced yeah. either way. I think it could be this other realm or it could be the Hollow Earth as we know it. But I think the idea of it being another realm adds kind of credence to that explanation as well, doesn't it? Of actually, okay, they're not going as far as the Hollow Earth. They're going to this middle point um, and therefore they're not actually suffering their injuries. Um, yeah. But there, there is, um, jumping ahead a little bit to how it all plays out with Operation Hourglass, I do think there's something in the way it's portrayed here of this like massive gravitational well essentially developing straight after they go through. And I'm wondering if that is what had happened to, um, remind me of his name? The oh, scientist. Do uh, Dr. Lind or whatever, yeah. Yes. So I wonder if Dr. Lin's brother was caught in that kind of gravitational well, because that looks like the kind of thing that you wouldn't survive if you weren't in some kind of mechanism. So that sort of, to me at least, seemed like a physical representation of actually what would cause that injury to somebody. Maybe, but I think it ha it probably just has to do with the Titan it, themselves, because yeah. maybe he maybe maybe despite all of these people, these military people being there, Maybe that information didn't get out, you know, to to the rest of the world that like you need a Titan to get through um, because uh, Shaw is fine. Kate's fine. May is fine. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, they made it through with no device at all. They just no, were so in, in the wake, you know. I have a theory about that as well, which is you see that after. So obviously that Shaw goes through. Right. And then there's like a moment where it pauses and then after that, the gravitational well starts. 
is it not possible that the explosives that Shaw set off disrupted that happening? So the thing that would have killed them when they fell through therefore never happened because of the explosions. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it's possible, I guess. Are we I am... too deep already, Red? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, look, there was a lot of chaos there at that moment in time. But, you know, I don't know that time moved enough for us to even know um because all we saw was that explosion it caved in and then we did get a little bit of tim getting dragged away but at what point was that i don't know um so who knows like there could have been some chaos but i think you're right i think there, there was probably no chaos in that room at least because it was sealed so there was no i don't know no uh magnetic pull going on so i maybe you're right maybe that does have something to do with it um I, don't know. I think I way it's really cool that they didn't just leave it up in the air. They actually explain it. And I think yeah. that, that I hear immediately, I was kind of like, do you know what? It's really awesome that they actually have taken the time to do that because a lot of shows would just show you it and ask you to suspend disbelief. But this yeah. at least gives you um, some sort of understanding of it. There is, there's one other thing during this whole sequence that I think is interesting as well, and I've made a note of it because I think it's going to come back at some point, which is the names of the other people who uh, Shaw went through with. So you have mm. Shaw, and then you have Brant, you have Hest, and you have Burke. Now, yeah. Burke could be a little Jurassic Park reference, for you know, right? It could be a reference. I know, I was to- just thinking that. <laughs> um, which is cool. But I wouldn't be surprised if these are characters who pop up at some point in the future perhaps in other media perhaps referenced in the films um i just found it interesting because i did a little search on the godzilla wikipedia afterwards and they're not named anywhere on there at the moment but it does make time to specifically show you the names on the helmets so i wouldn't be surprised if that pops mm. up again somewhere in the future yeah and i thought it was interesting because later on when we do learn you know what happened that they crash landed and everything he says like uh, I don't I don't think I wrote down the name, but he says like Ben didn't make it or something. Yeah. And I was like, OK, well, that that wasn't the name that we had on the helmets. So who is this person? I'm yeah. not sure which one of these people they, they are. Helmet on like um, a fork at that time. So I think it was. Oh, yeah. To- OK. Oh, OK. Wait. Is that what they did? All right. Yeah. Um, I forgot. Yeah. So um, but yeah, let's get back to it. So we are. Um... I one more. This is oh. like super. Super Go going fully, fully into like the <laughs> film critic analysis level oh, now, but it's okay. like an interesting, an interesting parallel here as well. Is can we just appreciate that the portal that they choose to go through is in Kansas? So there's the whole nod there to obviously Dorothy's story with the Wicked Witch of the West and ending up in another world, and I just think that's a really really cool media parallel that's here as well. Hey man, I didn't even get I didn't even put those two together, but you're right. And it does create a tornado after yeah. the fact. You know, like that is that is pretty brilliant, actually. That's I like that, man. I like that. Um and you know, you, you had mentioned um, you know, if this is some sort of way waypoint between the worlds. Um, I don't know that I I believe that per se. Maybe it is. I mean, yeah. th- like you said, there is no like, I, I don't feel concrete about either of this, but if I'm going to settle with a side, I feel like I, I'm going to say just no because um, we get Titans in there. there. There's plenty of Titans, you know, to be seen. Um, yeah. And I think visually, 
maybe they just didn't want to go all out like they do in Godzilla versus Kong and 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 the, the upcoming movie. Maybe that was their way of like saving a little bit of uh budget. <laughs> so yeah. because like it was a very simplified version of what if it is the hollow earth, it was kind of simplified, yeah. right? It was just very straight up trees and I I kind of but it had like a lot of the sort of like a distortion that you see in the hollow earth in the background and they had that whole electric storm as well and that can't have been particularly cheap to edit no but is yeah i don't know what's what is easier is it uh is that easier or is you know creating a massive two-sided valley that you know is you know has has pteranodons flying around (laughs) like so i don't know um but what they did create visually looked really cool and really interesting. And it kind of, it did like have like a very dreamlike state. So it it very well could be some sort of in between. Um, So that, yeah, who knows? I don't really feel concrete about my answer either, but I I do think like if I'm just going to settle on one, I'm just going to say it's a hollow earth just because that, that saying it's not adds another layer to the story that uh, I don't know if we exactly need. Like I don't know if we yeah, need this really this point. middle ground. We've already got a a tunnel to the you know to the hollow earth. Like that's enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean that's the idea. That, like there's quite an interesting idea, isn't there? That actually at this point in time they think that they need the Titans to enter the hollow earth, and then somewhere mm-hmm. down the line they realize that actually they can create um, vehicles that are able to stop that. And actually it is it is all to do with that gravitational. Pull force because the exact design of the heave is to put gravitational force back out so it kind of counterbalances it so Mm -hmm. that kind of makes sense in a way yeah um there was something else oh we'll talk about it in a little bit i was going to mention so um (laughs) all right so anyway they 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 kick off operation hourglass they uh you know they want to plant their flag in under space i thought that was a silly line (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it just sounded so silly coming out of the general pocket. I'm like, it, it just sounded like he's, you know, it just sounded like underwear to me, but it was funny. <laughs> um, but I love that they were, you know, using that machine that Dr. Suzuki had created to yeah. bait the Titan. And that Suzuki was there really as cool. well, because it makes sense yeah. for Monarch to hire him, doesn't it? Yeah, he looked kind of terrified too when stuff started going down. I was like, yeah. Oh. And then they're like, camping out in the the rv i thought that was funny um but the pod's going wild as they're rifting through the earth um tornado starts and lee mentions that the hourglass is imploding on them and then it kind of cuts out um and at that point the general's like very confused and i'm like oh he is kind of human because he seems like genuinely concerned uh about you know what just happened and uh, Bill at that point returns to Hiroshi and then we get just the the title sequence. So I thought, man, that was just yeah. such a killer intro to this this episode. Wow. It was like it was, just a, full bl- full blast. Yeah. And there's a there's another really interesting parallel in terms of the fact that the Titan that they followed in was the Iron Bat from the Lawton. Um, they like I saw somebody say it doesn't look like the same one, but I'm fairly sure hmm. it's meant to be the same creature. It did look, yeah, it, I thought so too. It's interesting that the first Titan that Monarch encounters is also the Titan that, as we'll talk about, leads to Monarch being shut down. There's like that interesting parallel there as well. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so we end up after the title sequence getting 
back to Kentaro's story. Um, he's at a hospital in Tokyo. Um, he's airlifted yeah. out of Kazakhstan. Um, and we do get a little shot of Tim getting drive, dragged to safety and like a, I guess I a little flashback. What's that? Yeah, by Duvall. By um, which is interesting in itself because, like, obviously she's left without Shaw now. So what's she going to do while Shaw's in this other world as well? Yeah, I mean, she still wants to you know fight for humanity and save people she wants to do the right thing so it'll be interesting to see where she aligns here um but yeah uh, tim tim's tim's okay he didn't emerge from any bug skeletons or anything like that unfortunately so um but uh uh they they do mention to Kentaro that like you know Shaw May and Kate didn't make it out safely and and yeah. Lee Lee Shaw died doing what he loved um, and yeah. I like this Warren I was like okay. he doesn't understand <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I did like this line from uh, Verdugo but I thought it was like I was like man this is harsh but she's just like your time in our world has come to an end yeah and, I wrote and, that line yeah. down as well. And he's basically like, what am I supposed to do? And she's like, live. It was like very dramatic and stuff. So, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, and then the curtain reveals his mom is standing there. So uh, yeah. nice little scene, nothing too crazy going on here, but they believe that everybody died. That's their belief, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, so they're, the they're moving on. My mind with this as well, right, is that Monarch have had access to that technology since the 80s but they just don't know it worked so verdugo is assuming that well, well they do know it worked and i think this is the thing that yeah. blew my mind <laughs> is they do know it worked because Shaw comes back so verdugo knows that there's a chance that those kids are still alive but she's like no absolutely not they're dead and that's it and i find that so yeah so interesting because you can see her write it off but you can see that tim isn't so sure again and it again comes back to that center pillar of this show which is actually having this character leading monarch who is so by the book that she won't think of any other possibilities but you can tell that tim is like well actually Shaw came back yeah i i think that's the only thing i really need from this show is just explaining to me exactly why Monarch is so complicit in, in mm -hmm. not doing anything and not, you know, acting and not really using the information they have. And, uh, you know, because this all existed, like everything, there was connections between Monarch and the military. They back in the sixties knew about like how to get to the center and how to, you know, and then later on they find out that it worked and it's like, okay, so where is all this information going? And by the yeah. time the, the, you know, later on rolls around, they're like, wow, this is all crazy talk. Like none of this is real. And I'm like, whoa, like, how does it, how do we get there? Like uh, that, I kind of need a little bit of that, like to tell me, yeah. I guess what's going on there. Um, but outside of that, I feel like the show has answered and, and delivered on so many things. So it's honestly yeah, been incredible. Yeah. The amount yeah. it's connected. Um, um you have anything else for that section there i mean the only thing i had written is right at the end here i scribbled down falling in with a titan did that let them survive and then we cut to our next shot which immediately <laughs> answered my brain process yeah I so yeah as we transition to this actually i love the use of the dip to black to make it literally feel like you're going into something else entirely 
Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. And um, at that point, they do wake up, uh, or Lee actually awakens, and he. I, I felt bad for May at this point because he's only yelling for Kate. He's just yeah. <laughs> he's not, he doesn't care where May is. He's just like Kate, Kate, where are you? you know he's like constantly screaming for her. Um, and this is you know I took a note that like yeah this was very cool visually. I thought it looked really cool yes. with the like the soft lighting uh, or you know just the soft palette overall. Yeah. I, I thought it looked really cool. But then there's like this rift lighting, which I don't know if that's what it was, but that's what yeah, it looked like. Just like energy in the background. Yeah. It just, whether, whether it was like, you know, the, um, what do you call those lights, uh, in the sky? Uh, Aurora, yeah. It kind of looked like that yeah. just like in the background of the entire sequence. Um, and it was very dark too. It was a, a mostly yeah. dark sequence, but these very straight up tall trees. And so it, it was, it did feel like a kind of like, uh, different state, I guess, a little bit different yeah. than what we've seen, at least from the Hollow Earth, um, but just beautiful. Um, and he ends up finding May, and they're they start to run because lightning is coming from the ground. I thought that was like so cool, just like, it was, uh, like the way it worked as well. The sequence was so mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, just like just spidering through the ground and then connecting in one charge and blasting upwards. I was like, I man, this is a way. What's that? Go, no, go on. Don't, don't uh, let me no, I, off. I was just gonna say, like that is that is a way to say like you're not in Kansas anymore. You know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's um, exactly because like, it because it could be. It feels like you know it could be just a familiar location. You're like, oh, just like a yeah. normal forest, but like, uh oh, it's it's brewing from the ground and exploding <laughs> yeah. upwards. Like, it's just a great way to identify you are not in Kansas. You're in a completely different place. I know yeah. they didn't come from Kansas. They were in uh, Kazakhstan, but <laughs> the the it's analogy still applies. <laughs> Something I hadn't thought of before, actually, but um, and that this is me again looking for parallels. You know, since parallels and interiors, it's all I can think about. Yeah. Um, but there, there's a really cool thing that the MonsterVerse has done that I think Stranger Things also did as well, which is making its other world feel familiar but different. So in this case, mm. um, you have this environment that feels very much like a petrified rainforest in a sense, or a petrified forest. But then like you say, the electricity, the bugs you get that look very, very different to anything else just helps to make yeah. it feel a lot more alien. Um, and, and I really like that because it's exactly what Stranger Things did as well with the Upside Down, where you have like the same environment but a different color palette. It just works. Mm so well and it makes it feel more unnerving because it's a location that feels familiar but also alien i did think at one point i was like oh they're kind of calling back to stranger things i did think that yeah. because i was like i even said at one point when they uh i forget who, which point i said it but like i was like oh they're in the upside down now like yeah. and i was like I, I actually like stumbled i was like oh it's the hollow earth it's not the upside down i was like uh, okay but it, it just looked visually kind of like it and um, you know, in a way it is kind of like that because, you know, they're going to a different dimension basically. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And it, it is definitely yeah. calling back to that. I feel like, um, but yeah, they, they, uh, I think Lee mentions at some point that, you know, once a rift closes, it has a lot of effects and stuff. Um, yeah. and it creates a static shock, uh, electricity and stuff like that. Then they go off looking for Kate, um, so yeah, that was a that was a cool sequence. But um then we cut to the past. Um yes. and uh Bill is called to General Puckett and uh yeah. this is where they learn we learned that, you know, Monarch is is 
maybe officially getting cut off for good this time. It's over. Yeah. They're they're not allocating any more funds, um, despite everything they know about this. You know, like they they have to know about Godzilla now, and they have to know about you know all the Titans and these you know portals. I guess so. They know a lot of information, but they're still at the same time like you know. And and General Puckett makes a. Uh, conversation point about this but like you know they know about space they 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 understand yeah. space but they don't understand these portals and these monsters and things like that so um but uh they both are blaming themselves you know bill and and pocket they're you know they're both saying this was their faults um and i i was I was uh, happy to see, I guess, that General Puckett was actually upset at the loss of, yeah. of you know, one of his peers and, and well, Lee, his mostly. Yeah, his friend, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I liked that he was fighting for Hiroshi at this point. He's basically like, look, yeah. Bill, you need to reel it in and and uh, do not take his father away, too. That's what he said. I thought yeah. that was a great line. And it gave, some, it gave Bill something to think about, but at the same time, we know that Bill did not really take it too seriously because he did go yeah. down that road so it's it's really interesting because this perfectly sets up his character arc in um kong skull island though because we know in kong skull island he's saying if i could just get this one on film that's all it would take so at this point you kind of see this crossroads where monarch has lost its funding and what do we see in the prior episodes the thing that persuades Puckett to come back to them is evidence. So actually seeing the monsters. So at this <laughs> point, you can tell that Bill yeah. thinking, if I can just give these people evidence that yeah. there's something else out there, they're going to fund us again. So he's going back to what he knows has already worked. And that's why he goes to Skull Island. So you get this natural full circle character arc for this character um but what i also really like is the fact that he has the line where he says we could bring a titan up and show them real catastrophe so you oh, can actually yeah. see this kind of darker side to bill as well dealing with this loss which is quite interesting yeah um, i was we, i was thinking about we, some of the villains that we've gotten over this series yeah. and like they're the ones who always want to bring the monsters out and attack or do something yeah. so it kind of like it was that darker side for a second yeah I think, um, um, and we'll talk about this more later, but there is, there, there's a massive element of tragedy to Bill's character as well in terms of how that all plays out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, I think a, the, a rewatch of uh, of Kong is, is next on the list just to, because like I've kind of wanted to get to this point where I understand his character and now I feel like I'm there. Like I feel like I've gotten yeah. there, so now I want to connect those dots even further. So I think it's time to, to give that another look. Um, so yeah. And you're right. Like everything is connecting so well. And I just, I love that it gives reasoning for everybody's actions. It is just, it's yeah. brilliant. It's, it's again, connecting dots. You didn't necessarily know you wanted or, or needed or even knew about. And it's, it's brilliant. It's great. Um, yeah. and this next sequence, we, we cut to Lee recovering in quarantine. And I, 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 of course I'm like, Oh, well we're in the past, but this is, this is different. This is a different time. You with one more parallel, Brad, straight away. All right. Major for this with the way they show like this technologically advanced dome that he's mm -hmm. held in. 
instantly I'm thinking, wow, this is Captain America, the first Avenger when he wakes up in New York. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. I know. And I was thinking that as well. And yeah, obviously he, he did play, uh, what is his name? Agent uh, something? Yes, oh, uh, he was John Walker. John Walker, US yeah. Agent. U.S. Yeah. agent, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I thought the same thing. It was just a cool parallel, um, and I, I liked watching his character wake up and not really know what's going on, and people are questioning yeah. him. And at the same time, I don't really know what's going on because, like, I know we're in a different time period because he's back, you know, yeah. like he's back from the past. And uh, but I didn't, I couldn't grasp whether these people knew of him did they know who he was like what they're asking him questions like so i wasn't really sure and then he's obviously like get me bill granda he's freaking out about it um and we find out that it's christmas time and i'm like this episode came like a a week or two a little late why didn't i not start this series a few weeks earlier (laughs) (laughs) um but um you know he he ends up taking a nurse hostage and screaming you know again get me bill randa um, and oh, dude, so great, so great. But as he's like holding her hostage, he looks into another room, and you see like a spaceship launching of, of like a a more yeah. modern day spaceship, and a like that's the Captain America of it all. It's like you know he's like, what is happening? Like he sees things going on that is not relative to his time. So that to me was the perfect like. Yeah. you know comparison there and and i'm I, in my mind i'm like what what time period is this, is this the 90s like what where are we well, um instantly frames it doesn't it because pocket yeah. says oh we're 20 years off being able to do that successfully when he's talking about the space launch at the start of the episode oh did he say that yeah okay yeah. all right so <laughs> so uh i don't know how at some point we we do find out that we're at a monarch medical facility so like they do know they should know at least what's going on and it is 1982, um, and uh, and dude, we get we get Hiroshi, and I'm like, whoa! And he mentioned he says Uncle Lee, and I'm like, oh my god, this is brilliant. And I, I'm also wondering, like, uh, how, are we getting a lot of de aging going on here? Is that's what's happening? Because like, we haven't really seen uh, uh, Hiroshi all that much, you know. We've seen like flashes of him, and like, I don't feel like we've spent enough time with him for me to to recognize whether. Like they just did did a quick makeup job on him or shaved his beard, but I'm he fully to me looked like fully de aged. Like they they cleaned him up a little yeah. bit, and he looked definitely younger. Um, because you know we're oh my god thirty years off. Uh, no for, forty almost. Uh, almost. I think yeah. no maybe not maybe not that long thirty something. Be thirty um, something yeah yeah. Um, oh no I guess forty forty straight up right so yeah yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, but, uh, he, uh, then Lee, um, or no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Hiroshi apologizes to this nurse. And at this point I'm like, oh my God, that's Kentaro's mom, isn't it? I'm like, oh my God, like, or, or, uh, yeah. So, uh, I thought that was brilliant. I think you see her as the person in the hazmat suit who looks back at Lee um, in the very first like sequence in the film, yeah. but I kind of looked at it and thought, oh, that kind of looks like Kintaro's mom, but I don't think it is. And then when yeah. we got the sequence and <laughs> them properly, I was like, oh my god, it is. That's how yeah. they're connecting it. And that, yeah. that's like a connection I didn't even want or think about, but it's just such a cool thing <laughs> to make it feel further grounded. 
Yeah. Now, now I'm wondering where is the other side? I want to see the other side of the story now. <laughs> like, I hope we get that too. Um, um, I want to hit but... you with an interesting question here. Okay. Right off the bat, which is I think they have framed this very nicely to if they do a second season, have more flashbacks or perhaps even give us a film that explains something. Because what has happened between Operation Hourglass and Shaw coming back, that means that Monarch is at the point where they have this whole facility. Because the last thing we see with Monarch is them getting shut down. So is this is this off the back of the events of Kong Skull Island that we're now seeing it funded? And is this ultimately Bill Rander's legacy? Because it could be. It could be that we have Houston Brooks walking around at this point in time. Um, we have the other scientist from Kongsko Island, whose name I've forgotten. Because um, we, know, we know that they're in a monarch facility in the post credit scene of that film, right? So is this now their monarch, where they're back up and fully operational? Is there something else that's happened here? I need to like go away and look at the timelines now, because it's cool to think about the fact that this could be us seeing a fully operational monarch again, after evidence of Skull Island is established. But what... Yeah, I don't know. What evidence do we have? Do we have the pictures and stuff from uh, Brie Larson? So, yeah, yeah. Um, But Dr. Brooks also survives. Same with the other characters. So Brooks comes back in. Yeah, the ending. Um, But Brooks survives and then goes back to work for Monarch. So at this point in time, Brooks is going to be kind of like quite an influential person in Monarch, I would imagine. Sure. So, but it's interesting though, because they do come away with evidence, right? So, but at the same time, in the beginning of the series, Bill is throwing his last resort evidence like into the ocean. So, yeah. I, I, we do need to, to know a little bit about this time period because now we got to restart over. You know, we got to get the eighties and, and seventies uh, and eighties, yeah. you know, we got to see what, how do we grow from, from those points? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. Um, so I just thought that was brilliant though, to, to get, you know, Kentaro's mom. And again, I didn't spend enough time with her to really uh, realize, Oh, that's a de-aged Kentaro's mom at first. But right until that moment when they started talking, I'm like, Oh, of course that's her. And then the next scene is we flash to the current timeline and there she is. So they're making that parallel that you can confirm like that is her. Um, and they return home, Kentaro and, and, uh, and his mom return home. And, you know, they're basically talking about like, Oh, you should get back to work and everything. And he's like, I can't like, I'm too upset about, kate and may and he's like i uh, you know i wish i could help them and um how can he go back to the thing the way things were and they're just commiserating together so um you know he's he's upset and um yeah i don't know it's it's i sympathize with with him being thrust into this story that he had no idea was coming you know he had no idea what was about to hit him because he got blindsided by Kate showing up and and yeah. walking into her, his house and so yeah it, it just this poor guy wet blanket guy he, he's just like <sighs> I, I just lost a bunch of people that I didn't even know about two weeks ago and now my life is completely changed so I think you know. it's it's interesting when you think about it as well because obviously he's not 
not telling his mom what he's been through exactly in terms of the details of it. Yeah. But can you imagine if he said more about it and she was like, oh, well, actually, there was this one time where I was working at a medical facility and this guy did come back. Like, that would change the whole thing because then he would yeah. know that it's possible. There is a lot unsaid, I think, in this moment. Yeah, like that, that's definitely un left unsaid. Also, like, there's no mention of, of Hiroshi at this point. He's not like, Dad is alive. Like, he's out there. Like, we need, like, we, we got, like, where is he? Like, it's it's just like, let's settle down and let's go back to our routine. It's not, where is Dad? Is my favorite thing ever. Like, <laughs> it's just so out of nowhere. <laughs> I know. I, I, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, there's no mention of him. And like, you know, it's not, it's not like I need to continue to find him and at least slap him in the face for all that's happened or something, you know, like nothing. Like he just, n there's no mention. But uh, yeah, so that was interesting. But um, we do, this is an interesting transition. This was a weird one at first, but we, we transitioned to Monarch's headquarters and there's just this, massive needle drop out of nowhere i'm yes. like what is going like what is this show right now like i don't it's know like what the song was but you can't hear the characters talking <laughs> <laughs> but just like just like i don't know it was like a rap song or something like that it was just yeah. blasting and i'm like this is this feels out of normal for this show what is going yeah. on here and it turns out it's barnes like listening to music I, you know yeah. just in the headphones but you know how they do that sometimes but uh barnes again if barnes is on screen barnes is going to be discovering something so yeah <laughs> and it's basically the same thing every time i feel like there's no um you know no arc to barnes it's just like this is barnes story ready yeah oh my god i just found a signal that's it <laughs> it's it's that's that's the that's her story over and over barnes again it's i just found a signal you know he's everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we find out a little bit about the gamma bursts that they're a signal but like maybe it's a pattern wanna, and maybe it's a message context here um so can you oh, see? can't see oh, nope other way other oh, way no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can you see when my notes say somebody no. is sending a message uh -huh, okay yeah yeah i see that there's just a must be and a name with an exclamation mark. I see that. I see there is a name. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. You know, I, see, at that point, I, I wasn't I wasn't thinking about any of that. I was just like, I was. I thought, oh, my God. It's like just different wavelengths, Brad. There's there's a reason why I'm the one wearing the Monarch t-shirt. No, I know, I know. <laughs> there there really is. It's very stark and, and obvious at this point. But um, <laughs> But, you know, at this point, I'm thinking like, Oh well, we didn't see Shaw and and May doing any signal. We didn't. See, how are they sending the signal? I'm thinking about them, and I'm like, oh, there's no way I didn't see this. Um, but we do cut to 1982 again, and Lee is back recovering, and uh, Hiroshi's standing there, and um, I, this again, this is where I I need some more validation of as far as what's happening with Monarch because Monarch uh, doesn't really trust. Uh, or Monarch doesn't trust Lee, but Hiroshi does because he's like, hey, this is my uncle. Like, I know you. I know I know what's happening here. But, um, you know, at the same time, he uh, he doesn't trust him and he doesn't believe him. It's weird. Like, so during this conversation, though, there is a flashback to the 60s, 62, I guess. Yeah. And, um, you know, we see them following the Titan in. Very cool sequence. And there is like, 
during this fall, you see the Titan fl- flying ahead of them, and then you do see like mountains and stuff in the background. So there is kind of that visual style of what the Hollow Earth is, um, but it's just a split second, and they it's do crash me. land. Three people come out of the hourglass, and I'm like, oh, that's not good. I only see three people, and then they mention yeah. that the one guy didn't make it out. He he uh, he didn't make it, but we see like them reconning the the landing site uh we see um these really cool sequences of like frozen in time you know like shots yeah. it actually reminded me of the uh Jurassic World evolution uh little cutscene <laughs> things that they have yeah. uh yeah. they have these like frozen in time as the camera's kind of moving and it was very cool i thought it looked awesome we get to see like a titan attack um and then a rift is opening the shot of the female crew member with the lightning literally going through her i was oh yeah so cool like just a great sequence and it was like out of nowhere because we haven't really gotten we haven't gotten anything like that before in this show so that was like very different storytelling um and maybe again maybe a cost-cutting measure i don't know if they they rendered one shot and then just slow-moed it uh there was no movement but um but yeah i thought that was really cool and um you know they mentioned that uh or we do see lee after that rift opened so he's literally only there for minutes and yeah and then he's back in 1982 and he's confused and um uh uh, Hiroshi mentions that you know we found them in the woods outside of uh, Higashu Higa Shizumo Zumo yeah Higa Shizumo yes. um, and this cool thing here that mm-hmm. oh go on no no go ahead you ha- go ahead I, I know, was gonna I say like I, I love how this connects it to folklore because they were saying something about there being a location locally where people think it's the portal between the living and the dead and then they reveal that it's actually the location of a portal to the Hollow Earth I was like yeah. that's just way of tying this into folklore and that's what what i really love is when fantastical franchises do this so something that does that really well is the scp franchise where like you have all these mythical stories and it's like oh these things could actually be an anomaly rather than just myth and that's something that this franchise does so well with the titans because you think okay Mm -hmm. maybe like these ancient stories are actually about a titan but to then tie the portals into that mythology as well is so awesome yeah, you know, we've we've gotten a lot of um you know, uh visuals as far as like what we what what could have been part of the past or part of, you know, a society of of people that worshiped, you know, uh these monsters, you know, we get that underground water cavern, you know, in uh Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. You know, there's a full a full society of built places. Yeah um and then in this you know the other day like i think we spoke about this on an earlier Mm. show but i I only really realized recently that that is the hollow earth as well that's just the underwater portion of it yeah and that's that's like the this that's what this sounds like to me because they mentioned you know it was inside of a shrine with a rift and there was a lot of mythography and and i'm thinking about yeah you're exactly what you were just talking about that we've seen so many images in title sequences or credit sequences of like ancient cave kind of drawings and you know um different architecture and stuff like that so so yeah maybe this could have been 
a super, super old place that was discovered that, you know, people have used to worship over time. But yeah, I thought that was really cool. It was, it was kind of glossed over, but so I'd like to learn more because as far as we saw, he was just standing in the middle of the woods. Um, yeah. And it kind of, it kind of just looked like the upside down. Like it kind of just looked yeah. like that portion, but just, you know, uh, so he, he left Brandon, from Kansas. I do want to break to you. you. You just called it the upside down. Just to let I, know, you know. I know, I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, that was purposeful. Um, uh, because it, it was the parallel between like, this is the, the, the top version and the bottom version. They, they looked yeah. almost similar to me. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. We don't actually see this shrine. We just see him yeah. standing in the woods. Um, I think and... there's, a, there's a really interesting connection here to Kongsko Island as well with the Iwi people and the idea that actually these ancient tribes are were, were potentially more aware of this than you know we are in the modern day. Because this is something you see all the time, right? In a, a, a lot of yeah. different things, people always speculate, oh, did ancient tribes actually know more about certain things than we know now? And I think there's this really interesting way that they're layering that into this show with actually saying, look, this has been part of mythology for so long, but we've essentially like forgotten it over time, but it's always been there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have been thinking about uh, that because when watching Godzilla versus Kong, you know, we see, um, I forget what her name is, but that little girl who's like yeah, the last of the tribe, the the, the only one left over. And yeah. I, I I've been thinking about her connecting to these ancient civilizations and stuff. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And I and I dude, I, I rewatched the trailer for the new movie, and I, I didn't realize at the time that like three people are returning. And I was like, oh, that's very yeah. cool. Like I didn't I didn't realize that she, the little girl, is one of them. Um, so that was cool. But. <laughs> podcast dude the uh scientist lady yeah so there's a lot of uh and and it was making me think about this show too and i will get to that in a little bit but um yeah so uh this is an interesting point as well this is the he's just continuing in this full scene but like hiroshi you know mentions that he thought his father was crazy and yeah. uh and not as right you know as lee thinks he is and so there there's like still like after everything that even hiroshi has seen um, he still doesn't believe any of this. Yeah. He, so I, I'm wondering, does he work at Monarch at this point? Like, I, I wasn't even sure if he did. Yeah, he does. Um, he does? Okay. Because, like... Because it's a Monarch medical facility. Yeah, but, like, I don't, maybe he just showed up. Maybe he got word that his uncle was back and he just popped in because mm -hmm. I don't... I didn't... Cause, I, because so of the I, way he, he believes at this point yeah. makes me think, like, you know makes me question what in the world is monarch even a thing for if he has no belief of any of this stuff. Yeah. So that's why I'm wondering, is he actually part of monarch at this point? Or is yeah. this the, is this the step that connects him to monarch? I don't know because okay, but I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to throw, I, I think he's already working for monarch at this point, but I'm going to throw something at you that I think will make this make sense, okay. which is, of course, he's he's going to be angry with Bill and he's not going to want to believe that he's right because Bill has just died on Skull Island trying to prove that these things exist. So Hiroshi is grieving and he's also angry at this point in time that actually the third and final parental figure he had in his life has once again left him and hasn't come back. So in a way, he's taking that anger out on shore. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I I see that as well. I mean, he he literally says he lost like 
three people the three people that yeah. meant anything to him there um and uh well he didn't really he he still has a few <laughs> he only yeah. really lost one uh <laughs> so uh yeah but that was that was a good scene i i thought it was interesting but i i just i i need a again i i need to figure out what's going on at this point in time and yeah if if he is part of monarch at this point like why does he not believe why does he think yeah you know this hollow earth and and the titans and all this is crazy and uh and i don't know so uh, uh you know hopefully we get some connections there but i did like that you know at this point 1982 he's like hey look we're gonna move you out they're gonna move you out to a retirement facility a secure location um and you know he blames he blames all of this he's like for 300,000 years like people have coexisted uh, mm. and and not caused any issue but then you three come along and now this is the world that we live in so i thought that was pretty cool and he and he did say like some beasts are best left undisturbed uh it was a very cool line but um but yeah i thought um you know he's upset he he's you know he's mentioning that we don't need we just need to leave this in the past we don't need to deal with this at all like you said some beasts are best left undisturbed and he's blaming everything on them so he's he doesn't seem to me like i don't know i'm not sure how connected he is but um you know they, then we do get to see lee being kept docile in uh in retirement i'm really so i'm really uh, again you're making me curious because they you would have seen my face flash white there for a second i did yeah <laughs> I've opened up the Godzilla Wikipedia just because I'm really curious because like I was saying earlier, Brooks is around at this point in time and that's somebody who's been on Skull Island. They've seen, he's seen the cave paintings. He knows that Kong exists as well. He knows that the skull crawlers are coming out of a portal um, and Brooks would still be a monarch at this point of time because he does retire briefly, but it's not until 2012. So in the 1980s, um, Oh, interesting. So there's a bit of lore about Brooks. Um, let me just skim through this. <laughs> so it says in the 1980s, Houston is approached by Landsat technician Rick Stanton. So Stanton is the doctor with glasses from King of the Monsters. Um, after Stanton grew curious concerning company whispers of the covered up Skull Island mission. So Monarch also covered up Skull Island, which perhaps explains why Hiroshi is so unsure, because we're sat here saying as an audience, obviously as an audience, you know, um, Skull Island has happened at this point. There's evidence out there that's irreputable. So why why is Hiroshi still thinking this? But just yeah. reading that, and I'll dig into it more a little bit later, it seems as if Monarch covered up a lot of the Skull Island mission as well, which makes sense because obviously Landsat were involved in that. You had the Air Cavalry Battalion involved in that who weren't a part of Monarch. So it's, it's interesting to think, okay, has that cover-up, again, got to the point where it's as shady as some of the stuff that we've seen in this show that even people within monarch don't know that it happened and therefore the credibility that would be there to substantiate these theories isn't well known enough within the organization itself um to to let people take them forward 
Yeah, that's kind of what I was questioning before, you know, when we were talking about all the photography you had gotten out from, you know, from Skull Island and yeah, and, but but at the same time, it, it was so dire to get that one little bag of of information with the data out, you know, from from Bill. So yeah, I don't know. Like it just feels like everything's a cover up, and maybe they're just there to protect these locations and not really do anything about them. And like like yeah. um, uh, Hiroshi's saying, it's like we just need to let it be and not deal with any of this because that's the way it was, you know, for 300,000 years and everything was fine. So maybe, maybe that's Monarch's legacy at this point is just, we just need to be the protectors. You always see that in, in a movie, you know, there's always like, if there's some ancient thing, there's like some society that protects it and keeps it shut off from the world. Maybe that's all they are at this point, instead of, you know, finding a way yeah. to stop or anything like that. So maybe. I but, think they um, have, they've, They've potentially planted seeds for them to tell more interesting story anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. we spoke about in earlier episodes, if Apex or um, what they were before applied uh, technologies has been more involved in Monarch, I think stories like this love to have a theme where there's some internal force preventing information from being shared. So I could easily see them saying, well, actually, look, these people had access to Monarch, but in the process of having access to Monarch, they were actually hiding X, Y, and Z, and that's why this didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. Um, and I loved here, we, we're going to cut to like a transition of time. Yeah. Uh, Lee is still on the couch uh, and watching yeah. TV, he's being medicated and all that. But I loved this moment. This is, this is the early days of the MCU for me. You know, this is like... Yeah. What was so brilliant about, you know, I forget how it all played out, but, you know, we, we would see like on a computer screen, you would see the Hulk attack and you would see yeah. this thing here and there and everything would be, you know, kind of crossing over. And I love that Lee is just sitting there watching Godzilla versus the Mudo on TV. And I thought that was really, really cool. Just a great moment. And you see he, he comes back to life in that moment. And, uh, and he crushes his medication. So he, but he is there for like, for like a year, right? So he's there for uh, still, no, but I mean, like, even once this attack happens, he sees this attack, he's still there for like an extra year yeah, before yeah. he able is able to escape with the kids. Um, but yeah, I but thought that was pretty cool. It's interesting, isn't it? In, in that regard, the monarch don't come to him to try and get him to help in any regard. Or actually, you, so we know that he had escape attempts. So is this the point in time where those escape attempts started? Because yeah, it he could feels be. This. Yeah. Um, it would make sense because up until that point, he seems to be, like you say, quite medicated. But yeah. then if this is what triggers him to try and escape, that maybe explains why. Because he he knows that obviously Bill was right and nobody else is believing it, but he knows that that's connected to Godzilla. So that would, that would make a lot of sense. And actually that answers the question as to why he tried to escape in the first place. Um, yeah. One thing that I did really appreciate here, and I, I want to go back and watch Godzilla to double check, but I think the footage we got of Godzilla and the Muto was entirely new, which is really cool to just get, that new angle of the fight that we haven't seen before, because that's what, like, to, to go to your point, the thing I always used to love was um, 
in shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., for example, where you get the behind the scenes every now and then you get a clip of something from a different angle or from a different perspective. And I just think that's so cool. And again, helping you to get this grounded sense of the world because you get this sense that actually there's there's other things happening around it you know in this instance there's somebody across the water in honolulu who's still filming that battle which is just so so awesome to think about and it's it's like small details like that that i think take it from a film to a cinematic universe in terms of making it feel grounded and lived in and real yeah yeah, I, I I love that stuff so so much, um, and and yeah, maybe this facility is just like we were saying the way that Monarch is is now maybe is just keeping everything under wraps and everybody that knows anything about monsters is just getting thrown into facilities like this all around the world and and shut up and and nobody can hear from them ever again. So yeah, I it just sounds to me like maybe we're uncovering this as we go along, but. Monarch is just a cover-up company at this point, maybe. Yeah. But, um, but we are back in the Hollow Earth, and Lee. Basically, everything we just saw basically was like Lee retelling it to May. Um, they yeah. continue looking for Kate, um, and then we cut to the current time again, in in, in on the surface of Earth, and Kentaro's uh, oh, in his <laughs> what? But. And I, I just want to, I'm just looking over my notes now, flip over to where we are currently, but there's one line that I'd written down from um, Hiroshi and Lee when they're talking that oh, absolutely okay. destroyed me. And that line was, I buried that family in three empty boxes long ago. Oh yeah, dude. That was, that was a rough one. Yeah. yeah. Cause he, yeah, he didn't have anybody come back to him ever. Like, yeah, that's, that's brutal. And then, and then his answer for that is, I need two families. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so you were jumping forward to then Kentaro at his office. Yes, he's, he's in the uh, office. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, just walking through the door, No, not even ceremoniously yeah. or anything. He just walks. He's like, hey, what's up? Hiroshi's here. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Kentaro's just like, I, was just, I, I was love how Kintaro is literally like, <laughs> what the hell? Are you not even going to acknowledge anything that's happened? And like, you can tell that Hiroshi just doesn't think he needs to whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he obviously has a lot to explain, and 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 he's like, hey, you were never supposed to know about Kate. Like, oh, okay, man. Like, thanks, yeah. thanks for that information. Really did. Literally, literally saying <laughs> the quiet part of cheating in any relationship. <laughs> yeah. out loud just just not being a good guy whatsoever he's you know but at this point it's like we get to see a little bit of humanity again and we, we you know kentaro yeah. tells him that look kate's dead dude like this is all your fault dude, the and, way and... he acted that the way that oh Hiroshi my god was gut-wrenching yeah it was beautiful acting yeah absolutely he he hasn't gotten a, to do a lot in this show yeah. but but that moment in time was well worth it because we get to see him just completely break down. He doesn't want to believe it, um, but yeah. he breaks down. He's crying. He's, he's, you know, he's completely broken at this point. And, and Kentaro's like yelling at him, like, this is all your fault. This, you know, you did this. This is all on you, dude. Like, dude, dude, so. that, so this is where I said there's a character line that's not written very well. And it's the line that he says to Hiroshi because he said, and I wrote it down, he says, Kate never would have come barging into my life. 
So he's still making it about him and his life. And I just think that Kentaro is past that at this point in time. So that line really stood out to me as him being back to that episode one, oh, why have you got to come here and mess things up? And I don't think that's who this character is anymore. So I, I just didn't feel like that was phrased particularly well for Kentaro. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a tough situation. I just thought he was fucking a man while he's down as well. Like, geez. Dude, I I actually like when when uh Hiroshi like breaks down and falls on the ground, I have expected yeah. Gentaro to be like throwing a few kicks in there for real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, how could you do this? Like you you've legitimately ruined my life. Like everything is broken. Yeah. And I I I could I could like kind of see him just being like, boom, kick, I'm out of here, leaving him yeah. on the ground. But uh but he didn't. He uh he I, just, see, uh, I... you know. Yeah, I find that really interesting because it, is, it sets like characters on the interesting different paths, right? Because you have Kate, who everything we've made, despite that, she still found compassion for her um, and she was still able to look past it and be nice to her. And then you have Kentaro, who, when he's encountered with his dad in a moment of genuine vulnerability, yes, yeah. he's done a lot to wrong him, but still this man is clearly hurting Kentaro is just a massive dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely drives the knife in while he's down, and he's like, "Yeah, she's dead because of you." I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, he stabbed him. He he's got some fresh wounds. It's basically, you know, they're both heartbroken, and he's not gonna let it go. So yeah. I can't blame him. I can't blame him because he's th he's been through so much. Um, but yeah, his his yeah. Uh, Hiroshi acted the hell out of that scene it was a great great scene so um and we do cut to the last sequence here which um we're back in the hollow earth and we see kate yeah. awaken and we get this um you know massive like titan warthog thing with thorns in its yeah. back and vines and yeah. stuff. it was crazy look what a great design um it basically sniffs her and then it's like and walks away you know it gets out of there and um uh, but it, it comes back around and i'm getting i'm getting vibes of like what <laughs> you, you can't I do my warthog sound i didn't have you doing a hog impression on my 2024 bingo card I'm yeah there you go get, i wanted to get it out of the way real early on you know i didn't want to make you wait until like you know october or anything um but uh but this this was giving me vibes of like uh, Claire Deering in the Biosyn forest while the yeah. uh, Therizinosaurus is around. It was kind of yeah. because like Kate's crawling on the ground and it was a very dark sequence. And again, yeah. that beautiful lighting in this upside down area. Uh, before we come to how this sequence ends, I do think the creature designers on this show deserve a massive, massive shout out because oh, what yeah. they did with the design of this hog is they made it so similar to the um, ram that you see in the swamp in Kongskull Island. Like visually, it's so similar to that in terms of having okay. all of these plants and things on its back. Yeah. Yeah. What this kind of inadvertently confirms, I think, is that all of the fauna that you see on Skull Island has come through from the Hollow Earth, or it's come through from Axis Mundi, if this ends up being a separate area, which I yeah. think is really cool because it, it just kind of adds more, more credibility to the idea of actually, you know, 
you've got these portals across the earth that monarch are tracking um, and that maybe ancient civilizations have been involved in as well. But what happens when you have this portal on a remote island that is just completely inaccessible for years? Mm-hmm. Actually, all of the life from this other world starts dripping in and developing on our world as well. And I think that's 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 just such a cool microcosm for explaining Skull Island and what Skull Island is within this universe. Well, I mean, that's even been explained kind of already with uh, Godzilla verse, uh, no, the Godzilla King of the Monsters. You know, that was yeah. part of the reason of them wanting to let the Titans roam the Earth. And at the end of the movie, yeah. we do we do even get to see like um, I think it might have happened earlier, but like there was a, a little video sequence where like they show the overgrowth of San Francisco, you know, which we yeah. do see in this show and, and we see it like play out in real time. But like you get to see all that overgrowth. It's it's bringing life back to the earth. And um, and then in I think towards the end of that movie, we get to see like the medical advancements, you know, things like that that are occurring because of these Titans. Yeah. So, yeah, they're bringing all kinds of flourishes to to the surface. And I think that's really cool. And yeah, the design is just so killer. I, I this was another sequence where I was like, this happened multiple times out throughout this episode where I just was looking at this show and wondering why in the world is there not a Jurassic Park TV show? I'm like, this yeah. if you can do this, if you can create some massive warthog monster thing, <laughs> you know, why is there not a Jurassic TV well, show. I, I think what this show shows as well, right, is that actually you don't need to have the monsters all the time for it to feel meaningful. Because no. I think that's like like Jurassic with dinosaurs, you don't have the dinosaurs all the time anyway. So you 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 kind of like have an easier ride, right? With the monsterverse, the whole premise is about Titans. So people come into it expecting these massive scale animals. And if you're able to tell a story successfully without the minute a lot of the time, that's a huge achievement. You know, that the monsterverse, I've I've always said this, is harder to do a television story in the monsterverse than it is Jurassic. Jurassic has got it so much easier in a way and yet we have the monsterverse here paving the way and showing us what Jurassic should be doing. That just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's very sad. Um, And I think maybe, you know, a lot of people would definitely say that's where Jurassic lost its way, right? By focusing on the dinosaurs, maybe a little bit too much because Instead of being a story about dinosaurs, it's a story of dinosaurs and and yeah. what they're doing, um, and this this well, is I a show say. about the monsters, but not necessarily just a story of the monsters and what they're yeah. doing. So, yeah, I do think it's a very fine balance because I think in the same way this has hit the right balance in terms of. Um, what's it Par- sort of like parallel storytelling with events that we understand and meaningful inclusion of the titans i think with jurassic if you were to do something like hammond where it's just this period of time before the dinosaurs that's never going to work because then it's mm-hmm. just yeah. character drama within that universe it's how you get the balance right that is so critical and i think that's what this show has done really really well um, well, this, and I think, it shows that it could happen. We could get a show about Hammond it, yeah. where it shows the boring stuff, boring in quotes, you know, like the stuff that yeah. people would would tune out for. You know, it's the stuff that happens in the past, the the, the organization of InGen and and his company yeah. and, and the research and, and gathering funds or whatever. 
but it also shows the future and what is yeah. occurring and what's happening. This show this, is the template. It's exactly what should happen. This is where I think it says that Hammond as a concept wouldn't work, though, because it has to be concurrent with something else, right? And mm. we already know that we already Jurassic did it. Happened. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We've already seen <laughs> what that future is, so there, yeah. there's no real storytelling potential there. Now, you could do something concurrent with the end of Jurassic World Dominion and give us an, an expansion on Biosyn and then show what the fallout of that is. That could potentially work well, yeah. but it's how you, how you do it in a meaningful way. Um, sure. um, one thing that this show does do in a meaningful way that I predicted last episode, and I do want to, I want to put that on the record, is it easily gives us a way to explain how any character lost through one of these portals could have survived. Yep. Yep. So we, we get that <laughs> we get that warthog coming back around and boom gets hit with an arrow. And I'm like, whoa, an arrow. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, dang, like Lee just made an arrow real quick. How did yeah. he do that? <laughs> my mind was not there, man. Wait, I was not your thinking mind, your mind was still like, oh, still, this is Lee. <laughs> still elsewhere, dude. I'm still thinking of other stuff completely. I I blanked completely on the fact that Keiko could be there. This um, is where much like Kentaro and Kate going on their different journeys. Me and you have gone on different journeys. Yep. <laughs> yep. Keiko appears, and I'm like, I dude, I legitimately sat up and I was like, yes, Keiko's yeah. back. Like, oh my god, that is so cool. Dude, the first thing I thought. First thing I thought was. Shaw has really lucked out here because his old crush is still alive and she hasn't aged a day. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what that ha what happens? Bad things happen when <laughs> when Keiko's around and he's trying to, you know, it's never yeah. been good for Monarch when when he tries to do anything for this relationship. So, um, but I can I can fully visualize the 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 meetup of the four yeah. of them in real time in the hollow earth or, or the upside down, whatever yeah. we want to call it these days. Um, I can't wait for it. I hope it happens. And I hope, I don't know. I hope everybody makes it out. Okay. But I've got a bad feeling like not everybody's going to make it out of this. Uh, this so next I episode. think the ultimate, what I'm calling it. Okay. And again, okay. this is, this is Take nothing trailers, but I think Shaw's going to die. Because I think mm -hmm. that the whole thread of this has been his character arc is motivated by feeling bad that he lost her. So what is the ultimate end to his story rather than being the reason that she survives and gets back? It's a, yeah, the ultimate sacrifice for him. So yeah. that's what I think too. I think first off, you've got Kurt Russell. I mean, like his paycheck has got to be kind of big. Uh, yeah. So we, we got <laughs> Kurt Russell on the show. Yeah, let's let's cut ties. Let's get him out of here, <laughs> and we can keep his son around for the past or something. You know, we, we can still do some stories with, uh, or not his son. Yeah, yeah. Well, him, him, himself yeah. in the past. Um, but uh, but yeah, we we could cut ties with him, and that's kind of what I'm thinking too. It, it would be interesting to see and sad, but like it would be a yeah. full circle kind of moment. But uh, but yeah, I cannot wait. I think this is this is a brilliant story, and I just. And so d during this episode, I was thinking about, you know, Lee coming back. Yeah. Um, and we, we've talked about this for obviously weeks now. And, you know, you had mentioned it first off that like, yeah, I think he was in the hollow earth and that's why he hasn't aged and everything. So yeah, <laughs> he hit a rift right away and went 
20 years in the future. Yeah. Like, what does that mean for the characters that are there now? I mean, we know from Godzilla versus Kong that those characters can get in the heaves and just go back and forth. Yeah. You know, no problem. No problem. And Kong can Kong can run up through the portal and uh, climb up and and be totally fine. Everything's cool. It's no yeah. time change at all. So what is the difference? Why did Lee, you know, miss twenty years? So what does that mean for these people? And I was like, dude, I don't think it's gonna happen. But how cool would it be if they popped up like in the world of Godzilla X Kong? You know, like well, dude, you've just ten you've years just, later, you've potentially blown my mind here. In a way, I I don't think they're gonna do it because of the um image that is the image for episode ten on Apple TV, oh, and I'll talk about that right at the end. But <laughs> can you imagine, right? So they say that somebody's sending signals. That's clearly Keiko. That it's got to be Keiko that's sending signals to try and get herself rescued. Can you imagine if we end this season with them still trapped in the Hollow Earth and Monarch have to work with Apex to figure out how to get them out? Yeah, I that think that's would great. be such a cool connection. And it then perfectly feeds into GVK with why they have that technology because they've had to work together to launch a rescue mission. But yeah. also, yeah. equally we don't actually know we do we do we do see how Shaw gets back or do we it's kind of left up in the air isn't it oh yeah no we don't we no don't we see do. how he gets back he gets sucked through when the iron oh yeah yeah, yeah. That's no true, yeah that's we true. do see that um so well, yeah i mean I'll, I'll talk in a minute when we talk episode 10 okay well yeah that's the end of episode nine so Episode okay, 10. So, right. <laughs> episode 10. Um, so the thing, What's it the called? Thing, right, right off the bat, um, I'll, I'll do that in a second. Okay, all right. You got your thing. You go. 10, the image for episode 10 is the Iron Dragon. Um, so it's just that in the sky. So presumably that Titan is going to be their way back, um, which kind of gives us an answer in a way of how they're going to get back, okay. I think. Okay. Um, so I, I uh, could definitely see at that point, like, Lee being like the the stupid trope that I hate that every movie series ever does is like the I'll distract it you go and you know something like that I could definitely see that kind I am going to say to you at this point I absolutely respect how much you have been off the internet because a lot of season 10 a lot of season 10 a lot of episode 10 has been shown in the trailers and I'm not I was just in the hollow earth for nine seasons I don't know what happened (laughs) I'm not not going to talk about it because I don't want to spoil it a lot of that episode has been shown in the trailer, so oh, I really okay. respect that you don't know that. I um, I don't know. I, I haven't seen any further trailers pop up for this honestly, show. I like, don't I, nothing. This show that anytime Apple posts something, I watch it. And then I'm, I'm not even off the like, internet. I'm on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So don't yeah, watch so, the trailers. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna stick so, with that for now. <laughs> so ten is beyond logic which is such an awesome title for the season finale given that beyond logic lies the truth um and it says the team struggles to find a way out of axis mundi kentaro and tim make an unexpected alliance so kentaro and tim right off the bat i'm gonna make another prediction here they're working behind vadugu's back with devil 
I'm calling it that they're going to be back together because like okay. you, you have that little moment where she pulls him out where like she grabs his hand to make sure he's okay and he looks at her and I'm like they're, they're the dynamic duo there's no way they're not ending this series on good terms yeah. um, so yeah. I think they'll be working together um, I think the interesting thing is going to be seeing how this wraps the story up and understanding what Hiroshi was trying to do because he says that what he was doing went wrong in the desert. So what was he yeah, trying what, to do and why? Yeah. I don't know, man. I yeah, we did, there is there's a the signals. Like, does Hiroshi know that his grandmother's alive and was he trying to rescue her? Not even his grandmother, just his mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh I don't know, man. Yeah, that's that's a good point. He maybe maybe he uncovered the signals early. Yeah, that would be cool. Because I don't know that, if we have any precedent for that, but it? that that machine we know calls the Titans. We know that it's used in this episode as the bait to get into the Hollow Earth. So what if he's trying to use it to get her out? It it makes sense. That seems like a a natural way of concluding the story. And actually, we know that obviously he has got the technology to summon the titans but he doesn't have a way into the portals so if he was working with tim and devall they're going to be able to get him access to one of the portal sites yeah seems like a no-brainer to me yeah. if i've just got that right i am retiring from podcasting <laughs> and i'm gonna go and chat to apple about season two yeah you should um <laughs> Yeah, I could definitely see um, like a 1982 sequence of, you know, Shaw's back at the retirement facility um, and uh, Hiroshi's going over some documents or something. And yeah. I could see it. I could see it dawn on him that like, wait a minute. If he made it out, maybe she could have, too. And maybe she yeah. could, too. You know, maybe she's still down there. I could, I could definitely see like a scene where it dawns on him that she could still be alive. And that this, you're right, like, this is him trying to figure it all out. That that definitely seems like it's the right answer for that question. What can yeah. I say? I'm just far too into this show, and it shows that while Again. I'm... Not, who not is your working, source? <laughs> I, I just think this, this shows, right, that when you're not working full-time, you can get so invested <laughs> into television that you can just work out what happens. So I guess clearly so. I just need to never work again. That's fine. That's fine, man. Keep keep doing what you're doing. It's working. It's working for you. Um, but uh, yeah. So, any final predictions before we head out uh, of this one? Uh, I I think my only other prediction, because I want it to be true, is I think they're gonna say that this show has been so successful that we're gonna get a second season. Oh yeah, I think so too. I think yeah. But at the same time, you know, I was thinking about it the other day. We've been at this for ten years. Like this is a ten-year project since 2014. Um, so, like, at what point does it end? You know, I, I'm I'm sad. I mean, I Godzilla obviously and Kong. They're both properties that are are forever properties. They're never going to go away. But this universe, when does it? You know, does it decide to call it quits ever? Does it decide, you know, we're done? Or, you know, is it like a television show where it just says, like, oh, five seasons and we're done? Or is it like or is it like Marvel that is still going, you know, 10 plus years? So what's it going to be? I don't know. 
I, I, I hope they, it keeps going. Really, yeah, they have the advantage of not overdoing it. So Marvel, I, I was saying this the other day to somebody because I watched um, Ant-Man Quantumania. I watched... Oh, four, no. I'm so sorry. And I watched um, Wakanda Forever. And I actually, I didn't have a massive issue with any of those films, really. Like, Quantumania, definitely some of it is what were they doing but i think that so much of that so much of the poor reception to those films is just fatigue because the mcu has been throwing so much at us for so long i think the advantage that the monsterverse has got is they haven't upped to the pace so they haven't made the marvel mistake of going okay let's do two films every year let's do x amount of tv shows they're taking their time so actually i'm while it's maintaining this quality, I'm all for this going as long as they want it to. Because I think if they can continue to tell compelling stories, why wouldn't they? Um, and actually, I feel like this has opened up a whole other interesting story that they could explore, which is we've got Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Couldn't we get Monarch the Legacy of Skull Island and do like a parallel story telling us some of the Iwi tribe in the past and then showing us the Iwi tribe in the future? Because... What this whole thing has got me thinking now, Brad, is obviously we know that that girl is the last girl on the island, and I don't think it ever really gets explained as to how that's happened and where they've all gone. Couldn't they just be living in the hollow earth now? They could, yeah. I mean, they do say something along the lines of they got wiped out by the storm or something, right? Like, I think something along those lines. Um, But yeah, they could have just disappeared into the interiors or something, so... Yeah. And left her behind for some reason by There's mistake, like so you know. So much story that they could still tell with all of these different things. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I I agree. I, I I am worried though because like Godzilla minus one was so excellent, mm. and uh, if if Godzilla X Kong is not, which it won't be, it won't. It's not going to well, be Godzilla minus one. Has already been incredibly divisive, hasn't it? Sadly. Sure. Yeah. It's not. It's not going to reach those levels. I, I, I feel like I'm pretty confident in saying that. Like Godzilla minus one was, like a five out of five. Like it was like an incredible movie. Um, probably the best Godzilla movie there ever is. So, um, yesterday, but there were no showings. Ah, uh, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, go find it. Um, but um, <laughs> but yeah, and and if it doesn't even reach those levels, like will people be? You know, and the box offices are so uh, unknown at this point. It could mm. be a billion dollars. It could be 147 million. You know, it could be well, nothing. Yeah, you know, like Mission Impossible. Yeah, and I, I, I'm of the opinion that that movie wasn't very good, but um, <laughs> I do think it should have absolutely made more money than it did. Um, same thing with the Marvels and. Uh, Indiana Jones and all these things, they should have made more money. Like it doesn't make any sense, but fatigue maybe. Yeah, definitely. I guess plays a role into it, but um, I mean, I'm not fatigued in any of this stuff. I'll watch all of the Marvel, <laughs> all of the Godzilla's, all the dinosaurs. I'll watch all of the things. Okay. So it doesn't bother me I at all, but I know I probably I'm not general audience, you know, just separate, separate thought completely from this for a second, but just a seed I want to plant in your brain. I was thinking the other day, and I feel like this might have even been a conversation we had, actually. So maybe you planted this seed in my brain. But I was like, do you know what? Marvel needs more R-rated stuff. It needs more mature stuff. Why not give us a mature version of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? 
Oh, that would be interesting. That would be cool. I was going to say, if you want some more mature stuff, just wait five days, and I think you'll be set or so, however many, four or five days. Um, I'm going to pitch something to you once we're done recording. I had a, I had an idea the other day. I, I have been, over yesterday, <laughs> I decided, hey, maybe I should catch up on Daredevil again and rewatch Daredevil. And that show is just of a completely, it feels just so such of a different era. And I know yeah. it, why it was, it was, you know, it was obviously a story told via different, you know, outlet. It was not the, the t- typical Marvel train, you know, with the movies and stuff. So it was a very different circumstance, but it just feels so different and grounded and, and very different. So um, I'm very excited, though, for Echo in a few days. So can't yeah, wait for that. It'll be cool. I, I yeah, I, I hope they stick the landing with it. I hope so. I hope so. So. Yeah. Agent T, where uh, where can everybody find you online? Come to Monarch Outpost uh, sixty seven. Uh, <laughs> no, you can find me at Tom underscore Jurassic on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and I will say on Twitter, I always put a tweet out about my thoughts on the episode. So look out for that. Awesome. And I am um, never going to call it X, no matter how people might want me to. Uh, that's that would be terrible to say i wouldn't want to yeah. hear that um yeah i'm not gonna be there I'm not on x but i'm on threads uh just search for me there i'm on uh, letterboxd writing some reviews so go uh you know if you want to see my thoughts on some of these things i don't know i think i think this show is on there but probably not officially like mm. letterboxd has mostly just movies and every now and then if there's like a tv show that has like one series or something like that it'll be on there but um but usually not uh tv shows per se but uh box review for the ones who live soon dude february 25th right like i cannot wait hey release what do you oh my god (laughs) sorry sorry about that man i'll tell you how it was though (laughs) thanks (laughs) and i i feel like in my heart that i'm gonna be like hey man Sorry to say it kind of stinks. <laughs> I'm so yeah, afraid yeah. to have to say that. Dude, did you not see the budget? They spent five million an episode. Hmm. Okay. All right. I mean, that's, well, I that's pretty decent. That's just, that's just Andy and Denise, like, yeah, <laughs> <could> <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I, I'm excited for it, though. I just have zero hopes for it to be any good. Um, but Daryl Dixon was good. I, I really liked that show. I thought that was awesome. Excellent. But that also was a, a, you know, a France production team out in Paris or wherever. Like, it just looked different. It felt different. Had real, you know, French actors. Like, it just looked and sounded great. So, uh, I don't know. I don't have hopes for the ones who live. So, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, you can find my reviews on Letterboxd and wherever else, um, TikTok, all that good stuff. For the podcast, please go listen to the podcast. Uh, we are out uh, on, um, let's see, where's the card? Here it is. Uh, wherever those places are, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Audible, uh, Amazon Music, places like that. And you can find the podcast as well on Threads, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and Facebook. We are on there. Um, I, I, I feel like, I, you know, I've trashed on Facebook so much, but I'm starting to feel like it's it's – you know, once X Twitter, this, you know, just became what it is. I'm like, maybe Facebook ain't so bad anymore. (laughs) So we'll see if we get back into that a little bit, but thank you everybody for watching. It's been fun. I really love this show and I can't wait for episode 10. 
It's going to be wild. I am going to be upset when it's gone. Me too, dude. Well, me too. I won't get to talk to you anymore. That's it. That's the last time I'm talking to you. I can't believe it. Um, so anyway, thank you everybody for watching. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>